Hey, it's Nathan for Headbangers for a Change. I know Brad normally does all the intros, but uh, yeah, it's me. Um, today, we've actually got Jan from uh, Neuroic Machinery. We're, talking, we're going to be talking about their new album, A Lonesome Aberration. Um, really cracking album. Um, I've got to say so myself. Like They've got a very unique sound. Um, definitely far off from the like the tech death that we're used to. Um, still definitely a tech death band, but I've got a, a lot of interesting sort of elements in there. You know, we've also talked about, turns out Jan um, organizes his own festival. We, you know, we, we talked about the challenges that come with that, um, the process behind it, how he actually went about doing it originally. Um, we also talked about the the new albums, lyrical themes, uh, which you know to do with a lot of mental health, which is great. Um, that people are obviously talking about that, but we uh, yeah we also got into a bit of a tangent about video games, um, all all that great stuff. Um, so yeah, we can we can listen to the episode right now. Hi, welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where your host Nathan and Brad. Yes, they were joined by Jan from Neurotic Machinery. How are you doing, man? Start off with. I'm fine, thank you. Hi. Hi. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on, man. Um, so yeah, we want to start off with like a little icebreaker. Um, what's your funniest uh, gig or tour story that comes to mind? Funniest? Well, all the funny stuff happens, but it's just, you know... We call it funny later. It's not that funny on the yeah, spot. Yeah. So it's how it always works. One that comes, <laughs> uh, one that comes to mind is like uh, there's this one small club in like the second biggest city in our country, and uh, there was this uh, sound engineer who was in charge of the gig, who was like just you know, you probably heard all the stories like that, but uh, mm-hmm. he didn't know what the trigger was, for example. So. Uh, that I told him I have a, a wireless microphone and he just went like are you just like <laughs> pulling something with me you know are you doing some experiments so it's just, just like this it's quite funny if you think about it like right now but uh, you know the sound was terrible there <laughs> oh yeah so, I imagine it's really frustrating at the time like when you just want to yeah. get playing the gig and then the sound fucks up I was talking to Nathan about it because um, we recently went to Bloodstock Festival, which is in the UK, um, in Derbyshire. And mm-hmm. there was like, there's so many sounds, fuck-ups on, on stage. It was unreal. Yeah. Like even the even the headliners, like we were watching Behemoth and like okay. they opened with the first song and like his, his voice sounded like Kermit. They managed to like mix up <laughs> the audio really badly. And I'm just like, how have you managed to like mess up every band? Like there's so many delays and like, you know, props to them. Great festival, but like, please hire better sound engineers. Cause like so many bands got fucked up from it. I do wonder because it's just like, it happens so often. It's incredible, is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. Any, any festival I go to, there is something like that. Like, oh yeah. You can't choose one with perfect sound. Probably it's impossible. <laughs> oh yeah, we we were joking. Like I I even said it. I was like, if I, if all that sound sound guy had just left right there and then, because you already know you're gonna get such a hiding <laughs> from everyone that's like organizing it. So the like first head headliner as well, the festival. It's like you know for a fact that it's like you're either gonna get fired or like you're gonna get absolutely like torn to pieces. So like, I'd just leave. I'd be like, right, I'm leaving the tower. Like, <laughs> like season a bit. I'm. I'm going to leave here with, with like at least uh, knowing that 
I didn't get that that uh, hiding that was waiting for me. So that's what I'd have done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I feel we get quite a lot of stories of um of like oh, like sound guys, and we always like to say that like, see, there's either two sounds guys. There's two. There's one that always knows what he's doing, really good. You know, pointing somewhere, he's like, "Yep, no worries, I've got you." And then there's the other one that thinks he knows what he's doing and fucks everything up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, it's a bit more frequent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have, uh, we we were real lucky because we, uh, with our band, we uh, host this little festival. It's like for two hundred people, and uh, the sound engineer that we got to uh, secure the sound for our uh, festival—that's just like a brilliant guy. He's like extra helpful he does everything for almost no money you know just uh, he is okay well you know he takes his money but he could take like four times more if he wanted so we are really lucky we get this guy but uh, sometimes what you experience in uh, bigger gigs and like music clubs that are supposed to be professional so that's uh, sometimes interesting yeah. how long have you had your own festival for yeah. then <laughs> sorry how long have you had your own festival? Or how did that start and uh, it's been, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's been the fifth year this year. Uh, Amazing. Although like it was number five, but there was one before number one. So it was like a testing year. So it's going okay. You know, we, we are not uh, megalomaniacs. So uh, it's for 200 or so people. Uh, the tickets cost like the uh, lowest price possible. So uh, this year we had Master as the headliner, so it was like with an abroad band, like American legend of death metal. But uh, truth is, they live in Czech Republic now, so <laughs> it was quite okay. easy to get them. But uh, you know, whatever, it was it was a great show, so uh, it's going well. I believe in the five years running, we haven't had like a financial trouble there. Every time so we got like enough money to uh, to hold next year so uh, there is a bit of a support from the town although uh, most of the town hall thinks we are satanists so you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> so it's like you know person by person some people understand this is mostly about music there's no uh, ideology present there it's just you know some people's Sing about the devil, but you know, we have devils in fairy tales. Yeah. So, yeah, my movies, <laughs> uh, so uh, as that the funny thing is, it's in the like yard or garden of the church there. Uh, it's a church and museum, Pretty so, so nice. there's this there's this priest who is extremely against our festival happening there, <laughs> but uh, you know. You sh- it, it's probably uh, necessary to say that religion in Czech Republic is not really that important. So uh, people just don't really much, uh, don't really care much about what he says. Uh, he's just lobbying all the time at the town halls, like stop the Satanism here. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just you know, can't please everyone, can but, you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, the museum. On the other hand, they are extra supportive. They have their podium. They have their their stage that we can use, we can build it uh, for like a minor fee. 
So that's extra helpful because you know if you run that, it will cost like 20 times more. So uh, it's fine. Sound from the sound guy again comes with like a discount or so because he's a friend. So it all comes nicely together. So you know, we were thinking about leaving the town because of all the uh, repression, let's say, which is not mm -hmm. that. Uh, extreme but it's always you have always to explain the same thing again and again it just gets boring and dull so uh, we were thinking okay should we make it somewhere else but in the end it just comes down to okay we could but you know could prepare like something like 10,000 more euros for that so that's that means you know you get no headliners you know, for, for a year or two <laughs> so yeah is the it's sort of like quite a perfect spot there only okay. somebody has some something to say about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah what's it what's it sort of like organizing your own festival like what's like sort of the, the stresses that come with that then yeah, since it's a small one there's not my stress there is like there's quite a bit of work for the band because we did, did we do it basically on our own with a few friends so we just need to fix somebody with a license to sell uh, food and drinks. We need to find somebody uh, with a license to host a public event and so on. But that's not that difficult. Uh, we have you know, people who are happy to help, so that's fine. Uh, and because uh, it's just like nine bands in one day uh, for you know, a few dozens of people, it's logistically, it's not that bad. So. Uh, the place, as I said, is uh, perfect because you know we can just use what whatever is there—the stage, the uh, toilets, you know, all the all the amenities that you need. So it's basically quite easy, I would say, compared to others. Yeah, amazing. That's pretty interesting because it's it's something me and Brad have we've all, always had on like our yeah, bucket list, <laughs> having like a headbangers fest one day. So yeah, it, it, it's something we're definitely we're really interested in. Actually, like sort of like the the challenges that, that come with it and everything like how you're organizing. It's it's crazy. It's crazy that you 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 know you've managed to do that. To be fair, well, the thing is, the only I would I would say the only stressful thing, or like I wouldn't even say stressful. I would say just something you have to think about a lot is the budget because uh, being from Czech Republic, it's not that rich of a country, and uh, so uh, it's not. Horrible, but it's not Germany, you know. So <laughs> um, uh, we need we are on a budget, of course, even with those uh, like benefits of the of the area or of the venue that uh, helps us a lot as well. But you have like uh, you have money for like one headliner, and you have you have to really like negotiate a lot. You have to look into whatever is possible to somehow cut costs. Because you know we would like to have uh, Vader, for example, but uh, that's just like out of our league. In, just financially, because you know we can. They will say, okay, we need two thousand euros at the at the very least, or whatever, something like that. Maybe three thousand. I'm not sure, but uh, that's just you know basically the budget of the festival. So <laughs> that's that's just yeah. uh, something we would just have to say. Okay, let's like every member of the band. We'll just give a thousand euros from his own pocket to just start this year and we will see what happens. And since the area, the venue is nice, but the region is not. So not many people come. 
we are uh, close to borders in the small town called Tachov, which is basically in Germany. And uh, German people are not that interested. They don't really check out what's happening beyond the border. Just, you know, a few individuals do, but not really masses or something. They have a lot of small festivals like that with better uh, headliners, of course, in the, on, on their side. So the only thing you can attract them with is cheap beer. Huh? <laughs> which works sometimes, but, yeah. uh, but it's not something that you would travel to from, I don't know, Munich or Berlin. So, uh, you know, Berlin is just like, it's diff- it's Middle Earth, for us. it's somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere beyond whatever. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's fine, but uh, mostly, you know, all the years, uh, I believe, this year was the first with an with a headliner which was uh, with a bracket of another country we had some austrian bands or slovak bands which were like friends who invited us to their club uh, event but they were not like liner material they were were good bands from abroad interesting bands but uh, i'm not sure about british fans but uh, <laughs> you know you need a name really here to attract people from farther in your region so yeah. I believe that's the same everywhere, isn't it? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. So. But it depends, have... though, because I mean, like, it's there's a lot of bands that are fairly underground that you know have a very cult following. So even though they might not be like Cannibal Corpse level or something, but like you know they'll have like a core base of fans that yeah. you know no matter where they go, they'll 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 go just for them, or even if they're not headlining. So I guess it, I guess it depends because you know every sort of region has their like set prize of bands that they love the most, and then you know some bands will be more popular than other places. So I guess it's it's about logistics, I suppose. But you know, <laughs> it is. Well, we we do have some like, even Czech bands that are really Czech and maybe Slovak bands that are really popular. Like there's this band you might have heard of. It's called Gutalax. It is like a grindcore band. And they are like worldwide famous in the style, but they still don't like have these headliner uh, behavior. They are, they are just like a bunch of guys who like beer. Eh? So uh, they would come, but they are just because of that, they are busy as hell. So over the summer, they are like booked for two years in the, into the future. And actually our festival up until next year, I believe, but uh, this year as well, it has collided with one uh, like prominent grindcore festival in Czech Republic, which is, which right. is called Obscene Extreme. And that band, they play there like, like every year. It's just like their home base. Uh, so uh, you can't have them for us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will see what happens next year. We have some ideas, but also this festival it, like serves the purpose of returning gigs of friendly bands of course so uh, we have like slots for the next two years already almost full <laughs> so that uh, we are you know good partners for the other bands that uh, invite us so, you know it's you know you can't have the band play just for 10 minutes so that's a, there's a limited space and making a two-day festival has been on the table but it's always comes down to you know how do we do this you know because for that yeah. you need staff it's not you can't do it in five people or one day you can you can you will be tired in the evening but you know it's it's still manageable but two days you need some extra workforce there and 
Who knows what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's what it's why I I've never been able to sort of wrap my head around like how you get you know like the the few thousand like cat festivals like who like the amount of people that plan that but it's like I'd lose my I'd lose my mind having to plan stuff like that because it's like we we went to Bloodstock and I was like how many people there like good few like I think like a good few thousand and it's like I was just thinking the amount of like thought you you have to put in it's like. Even down to like, did we buy enough toilet paper to last for like through about like thousand plus people? It's like it would just be, it just drive me insane. Yeah, that's right. I, I've actually worked at this uh, at the biggest, let's say, extreme metal festival in Czech Republic. It's called Brutal Assault. Probably oh, I've heard of that you one. might yeah. have heard of it. Yeah, uh, I've been like the basic crew there. I just I I wasn't even working with the sound. I was just uh, um, there are many other things to do. So I was basically checking tickets at one entrance or checking tickets into the underground where there was some like side program and so on. But uh, you could see how many people they are, there actually are. If you go to the festival, you meet people around uh, which, which are not working, but still have a crew t-shirt because there is like thousands of volunteers where they are just, you know, they work like six hours on the day and they can enjoy the festival for free. That's basically the salary for them. <laughs> so there, cool. there is like, I would say, I don't know how much is the, uh, or how, how large is the capacity of this festival, but I would say 25 or 30,000 visitors and probably like five or 7,000 crew. Uh, it's just insane how many people are there. Oh, yeah. It's just, it it blows your mind when you see that many people congregated yeah. in one area though as well. You just yeah. you're like shit. Yeah. But they've all got like such a significant purpose as well. Like you know, everything is like the spark on the wheel, like it's putting it all together. So if you take one person away, it all falls apart. So it's just a, incredible how they all work together to create this amazing festivals. And it's basically, it's like you know, it's a factory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Absolutely. It's... You have like you have shifts, you have uh, company organized meals, and so on. <laughs> just, it's basically like going nine to five, but uh, with the music on side, so it's nice. <laughs> yeah, too right, too right. Um, I want to get into the the new album, by the way, because it's it's really okay. fucking good. Like you know, I okay, was yeah, just like gushing over it. It's just like it's got such an original sound. Um, I'm mostly interested as well in the. The lyrical content and the concepts of the album. Um, I read something that you said it's about like battling demons and you know, people that are struggling through all that kind of stuff. So what would you say like is the message that you want to convey through this album, like with the well, whole battling uh, demons? Like, I would, what do you uh, want people to take away? Uh, if I if I should put it in, into like one sentence or so, I would say uh, like there is struggle, there is struggle. No matter what happens, in the end, it's you you who judges yourself. So you can do it, basically. It, uh, it should be uh, like the out, outcome or the message of the album should be kind of positive that you actually can survive. Although it might be fucking hard, but uh, yeah. it is manageable. So it's not like, you know, depressive, suicidal blackmail, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's... Basically, uh, when I was writing those uh, lyrics, I, like each text would be about one, you could say, demon that might be in my or somebody else's head. Uh, 
So, you know, there is a song about blame, which is called blame, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not about being blamed, but only, you know, it's about blame in general. Like you blame everything for your uh, misfortune or people blame you for whatever happens in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's basically just uh, about the fact that uh, that doesn't lead anywhere. Uh, the my favorite one would be self suppressed because that's ch- actually connected to one person I know. It's about mm-hmm. like crippling depression, bipolar disorders, and so on. And uh, this was uh, a girl I knew. She would be like um, you know the archetypal person with depression, bipolar disorder. She would be nice to everybody. Like you know, she was a brilliant person, or oh, she is. You know, she still is, but <laughs> she is a brilliant person. She is really a nice girl, you know, pleasant person, but like it goes like this and suddenly she would like kill you. She's, uh, she has this problem for, uh, she's had this problem for a long time, but no medication works, of course, you know, it's just, uh, uh, I knew her through one of my best friends. Uh, She was her, uh, his uh, girlfriend for a time and he, he just, you know, ended it because he just couldn't go more, uh, couldn't go anymore. And so it's about how it appears from nowhere, how it, how you struggle against something you don't suppose is you, or you don't don't accept as you, but it still happens. So yeah, that's one of this one of these texts. This this one is the strongest for me, I would say, because I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like it, the concepts of the album because obviously a lot of bands will sing about depression and, you know, mental health, which I think is great. I think all the more to that. I love like fantasy stuff, but it's nice to have something that people can resonate with, you know, especially a lot of people that go through it, especially people that listen to this kind of music. Um, mm-hmm. But I like how it's got a positive outcome. It's like battling it and there's a good outcome to it. Because I think a lot of the times, you know, we can write about depressing stuff and then it's just like, yeah, that's it. That's just, there's no way out. Which I think is is okay. I mean, it's, it's it's obviously cool, but I think it's nice to have that. Okay, well, here's the demons, but you can you can win. You can battle against it. It's the reason why I love bands like Hatebreed and stuff like that, because um, you know they've always got this sort of motivational attitude towards it. And I think when I'm feeling down or I need something like that, I think that's what suits me better because it's like, mm-hmm. here we go, we can do this. So yeah. great message. Yeah, I uh, I didn't want it to be like you know a happy album, but uh, I also didn't want it to just tell people okay there's a lot of people in the world and you can't do anything about that. It's just you know let's let's leave that to black metal artists. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, very true. Uh, but uh, it's like don't give up. Yeah, basically the message. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so so still on like sort of Brad's point, I do think it's great. It's got like a like a positive meaning behind it as well. But I like what you mentioned that you know you didn't want it to be all like motivational, but you didn't want it to be all dark. Because I think like in a lot of those situations, it's not all one thing or the the other. It's not one. It's not as sort of cut and dry. Like there's elements and there's there's layers to it, especially when people are going through that stuff. There's not just oh, I'm either sad or I'm happy. It's, there's loads of other things and I think like you know yeah. you saying that really encapsulates that as well there's there's a scale and it's fucking long you know you just yeah. you can't really uh, somehow grasp everything clearly you can't say okay this is an apple and this is a pear just 
has a bit of everything. You know, if you if you are, uh, I had so, some instances where I felt down. I felt like you know dying would be uh, something like a salvation or whatever. I never thought of you know ending it, but uh, I was thinking, okay, well, what what am I here for? You know, it's, nothing makes sense. But uh, in experience, you know, you could see that you know always when you feel down it actually comes out as either you know as you say what doesn't kill you makes you makes you stronger or a learning point or whatever Absolutely. and it basically makes you progress somehow so uh, that's oh, yeah. you know i i have this this uh, tattoo which says hell the apocalypse because at the point, at the time, I actually liked the band uh, Avatar, but <laughs> but uh, it was it is just a message that I like about it, not really the album. Uh, it's uh, you know even like my motto would be that if, no matter how horrible a moment feels, it will always uh, be for the best or for the better. So yeah. like any change, even if you think it's apocalyptic, basically leads you to a world that uh, that will improve so yeah the world change the better the, the end probably yeah for sure i think like it'll it's it's like the moment will pass as well you know not everything mm -hmm. is is forever it just feels like that in the moment like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel but there always is that light at the end of the tunnel i think things can always like turn around so yeah i think it's a, a brilliant concept for the album it also like it complements the the soundscape as well because there's even like just thinking about, you know, we said about the bipolar, like one of the songs is about that. But even like some of the songs, the way that it's like frantic and changes, like, you know, you've got some quite mellow moments, but then it goes very technical and brutal. And um, I think there's a lot of layers in there, like Nathan said. Um, yeah. And I think that complements what the theme's about, which is cool. Yeah, that compliment should go to our guitarist and composer who basically makes all the music. Uh, and I, I would say that, uh, like, um, feeling wise, we see the eye to eye quite a lot. So, you know, he had, he, he had had some, uh, terrible things in his life. Uh, let's not, uh, elaborate, but, uh, he has experienced a lot. Uh, I also had some, uh, either own experiences or like could observe a lot of, of, uh, uh, not brilliant moments uh, in uh, people's lives mm -hmm. so uh, we both uh, i mean you know the album before we had the texts or the lyrics split half to half so some of it was written by him some of it by me but it also it still like works together you couldn't probably say which is which uh, so uh, speaking of that i wanted to speak about the music so I, what the music that he does uh, comes from a similar place, of course. So, uh, as the lyrics that I would write. So, uh, even though, for example, we don't always write it together, mostly we just uh, write separately and then we think, okay, does this text uh, fit this song and how we can like shape it so it does. So, uh, it basically usually isn't that difficult to do it because somehow the feelings correspond to yeah <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that you that you do that though that you write write, write like that because you know like there's um there's a lot about you know like a lot of bands will 
like I'm, I myself, like we, my band, we can't write unless we're in the same room. It's really, it's really weird. Oh. Like none of us will go back and like write whilst like away. It's only like when we're together. It's, it, it, it's like it's almost like we can't think of all until we're in the same room. But it, and it, but it's really interesting from your side, like listening, like oh yeah, we, you know, like a lot of times we write in on our own. Um, so I think yeah, well, it would be like. A combination of both i would say because we do write on our own but then we come together and we somehow okay what do you have and we we combine it and we basically the final product is made with all all or most members present so <laughs> uh yeah i can understand what you say as well because uh you know uh, those those are like the two ways of doing it doing it isn't it aren't they yeah so just either that or that but i don't think you know, you just come to uh to, to your rehearsal room with nothing and then just start doing something. You might have some idea before. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like um our guitarist Dylan will send like little ones that he's like been messing about with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of the time, it's like we either forget about it by the time we get to practice, or Dylan be like, "Yeah, I don't like it anymore." So like we'll just <laughs> okay. it's not until like we're all together until like we really start going because I think like there's just like a certain thing about being able to just chip in straight away because I like, I'll stand up and go oh no no what if what if uh, Danny did that on the drums uh what if like Jordan did that on, on lead and like you know and or like uh our bassist Jimmy but oh but what if like uh Dylan did this and it's like it, it's 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 really we we can only write like that otherwise it's just like yeah. we can't we can't do anything because a lot of times if someone sends it in the band chat we'll just look at it and go yeah that's okay <laughs> like we won't oh, really uh, like get the same vibe from it oh well this way you just avoid this uh situation that happens to us quite a lot because uh what happens is that uh, uh the composer guitarist comes with the riff which everybody likes and then the drummer says well are you fucking kidding me how can I, how should i play this <laughs> <laughs> because that's like too fast for his legs or whatever uh, because of course, you know, we are not professional musicians, so we, we do have our limits and nobody can play like 400 BPMs. So, so, so uh, it would fair, be... Yeah, yeah, to be fair, we've, we've run into that, that sort of situation like a couple of times because uh, <laughs> there, were ones, there were ones where Jordan, like, Jordan demoed out a, a song, <laughs> he put the drum tracks behind it and, and then he was like, you can, you can fuck right off. <laughs> You're like, I'm not... I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to do that. But there's been times at practice where we're like, "Oh, do this, Danny. Do this bit. After that bit, do this bit." And it's like, it's times it's like, "Guys, are you trying yeah. to kill me? <laughs> are you like, you know, you should probably hit this and that, and you know, say, okay, well, grow me a third arm." <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That, that, there's been like loads of moments like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what would you say then is like sort of because I know you joined the band a bit bit later on into it forming it is is that correct? Because I was just doing a bit of reading before the the actual um, interview. What would you say is the the you know like the biggest difference between the band when you joined to to now? We play a simpler set, <laughs> I would say, or, or you know, simple is probably not the word, but like more straightforward music. Um, it's right. I would say it's a little bit more for the fans. Uh, the album that was uh, uh, 
the most recent when I joined the band about five years ago was uh, uh the principal and I believe if I'm not mi mixing it up uh, it was it was a wild one <laughs> and uh, that was like when I came there I would say yeah, this music is brilliant but nobody will listen to that uh, because I mean you know of course it had its fans and we have uh, people telling telling us okay well uh, there is not too much progressiveness now <laughs> and so on uh, but um, there were songs that were just unplayable live because it's just it just, it just doesn't mosh you would say uh, right just way too uh, like listening music so mm -hmm. it was good but uh, not that useful not that um, uh, user-friendly I would say so uh, the two albums uh, that uh, came out during my presence in the band uh, which means you know this one and the one before uh, I think I tried to convince uh, Michael to just tone down the progressiveness a little bit because of course it's the face of the, of the band but uh, you can't just well, you can, of course, but uh, if you want uh, a full club and people partying at, uh, at the concerts and uh, the festivals, you need to play something for them to actually, you know, uh, I, I don't want to sound like I think fans are stupid. I don't think that. But of course, if you even if I'm a fan, I'm at the festival, it has to be like four by four rhythm, doesn't it? <laughs> if, if it's too experimental, you just lose yourself. You can't just jump. So uh... it's interesting that you should you should say that because um obviously I knew that you know your band is tagged as like a tech death band and a prog band. So like you're going with like this pre-notion of like what you think it might sound like. But I was surprised like there's so much like breathing room in the music. Like like you said, this is catchy at points. Like you can you can imagine it being played as a live audience when you yeah. you listen to to other bands, which don't get me wrong, you know, amazing at the craft. But like, you know, you can tell it's more made for the album than it is for being played live and, you know, to have fun with it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, a really nice thing about the album is like you've managed to condense the technical elements and the prog elements and even like the vocal patterns. You know, there's a lot of moments when you could probably sing along to it as opposed to like other bands well, you might you not want be able the, to. Uh, you want the contact with the fans. You want them to, yeah. you know, enjoy the gig. And if they have to think too much, you know, to like, or... Not think, but like um, somehow contemplate how to grab the music throughout all your gig. It doesn't really uh, do any favors. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, I would say the two albums are a little bit more straightforward. Uh, prog fans might would, might say too straightforward, but uh, the you know melodic and uh, progressive or experimental or um, innovative I would say elements are, are still there and uh, yeah, I believe that if you listen to it you could as uh, somebody who knows the band identify that is this band yeah. oh yeah I think like as well like because me, me and Brad have spoke about this before like a lot of progressive bands kind of like there's a fine line between being like really good like live and and really enjoyable and like writing something that's both a song and you know like really technical but then also crossing the line to being like sort of like a 
like an album mainly for other guitarists to go, oh, that's sick, he's doing that, he's doing this, he's doing that. Or like other drums, like, how is he playing that drum beat? But for like the average listener to listen to it and go, um, I'm not too sure about this. Because <laughs> it's like, it gets to a point where it's like sometimes a lot of bands forget to like sort of rein it in a little bit and actually make a song. And like, yeah, I think right. a lot of people get too con- like, like concentrated on, I just want it to have as much sweet picking as possible, be as hard as possible to play. Um, but forget you are still a musician. You still need to, to write a song, like a song is, you know, not meant to be catchy, but you know, people are still meant to like know what's yeah. going on in it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like catchy for the sake of being catchy, but uh, uh, there, you know, you need something there for the people to enjoy without, you know, much thinking because, you know, you play at the festival at the sixth band of the day out of 12, which means most people will have the sixth beer out of 12. That's not the Very true. time for thinking, is it? It's just or analyzing music. It's party time. So if you want, uh, and we do want to, to play festivals and to like enjoy it as well, uh, you don't, you can't just make, you know, a virtuoso album, even though. Uh, you might be able to do it, which is which would be questionable. I don't want to be like self-centered here. I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not sure if anybody is ever to us. So <laughs> in our band, And what would you say is the bad sort of trick to it? I don't know. <laughs> I would say like a good mix of egos, egoism and democracy in the, in the band. <laughs> because just, uh, you know, if you have just, uh, if you just say, okay, we want to, we want everybody to party. Okay, you can become Metallica and play, you know, as much as I love them. Those songs are not that difficult, are they? And, oh, no, um, no, no. Uh, it's it's good music for sure. It's legendary. But uh, if you want to be a technical death metal band, going this way is not probably the way. But you need to have a little bit of it as well, so that you know people who come to your concert and don't know you stay. Because yeah. uh, what we had was that um, we played this festival, and th- that's a good comparison because we played twice four years ago and this year. And four years ago, it was with the third newest album at this point, with the one that I wasn't there for uh, creating, so with the progressive one. I was performing it, but I, but I could see that some people just leave because they, like, three times they tried to party and it didn't work. <laughs> so they say, okay, let's have a beer. And um, those songs were good and people I, w- I would ask people after the gig of course like how do you, how you like how do you like it or how, how did you enjoy the gig they would say yeah it's uh, real good music but i don't understand it or it's real good music but you can't party to it eh? and these reactions would be not that uh, 
infrequent. It would just, uh, I would have it at every concert, I would say at least once. Uh, and now we do have somebody who says, well, uh, the songs before were uh, really innovative. I liked it so much. Now it is so like generic or something like that. But that's one person. And like you have five others who say, okay, I love this so much. This is like straight up in my ballpark and I just uh, love it and I can hear all these elements and I think that's, that's a good mix. So to answer the question, the trick, I would say stay um, on your way, but somehow, I don't know, realize that the fans are another member of the band as well. So yeah, something like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, cause I think a lot of people sort of get that, that egoism where they're like, yeah, but I know best what to do. What, you know, I know what to do with my music, blah, 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 blah. blah. But at the end of the day, you are making it for like people who enjoy your music. So I think their input is, is just as important as the, as the band members as well. You know, like if, they, if you know, you, you're not going to please everyone, but if you get like a lot of people going, oh yeah, it's, it's great, but we prefer if you could do this to it. Could put, you, know, like, you know, that's obviously a good sign that, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe we should actually think about that. You know, I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, like the band, the, the audience is just as important as the band as well. Okay, are you there? It's... Oh, did you have oh. a freaking browse for a second there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the connection was just somehow, yeah, might be on my side. I'm not sure how it no, works. Is it, it, it happened to me earlier. I had to, I had to switch over to one of the boosters I've got in my room. Um, but okay. yeah, I was, I was just saying, you know, obviously a lot, I think a lot of bands get sort of egoism in a way right, when it comes to um, what, you know, like the audience is or, or, or anything like that. You, you get a lot of people go, yeah, but you know, it's my music. But I think, you know, audience sort of interaction and audience sort of suggestions should, you know, you should really, so a lot of bands should really look at it as well. Like, you know, not just brush them off as a, oh, well, you, you know, there's like loads of people that like this stuff. It's like, okay, well, you know, this is the audience we're wanting to go to. Well, saying yeah, this, you, so yeah, you, would, you, you should take in all these reactions. You, know, of course, you don't have to listen to everything you hear, but uh, um, you should take a, somehow uh, accept it or like know that it, ex it exists. Know that the fans have said this a few times, and uh, uh, and then when you do songs, you, you don't say, "Okay, these people wanted this, so we will do this song," but uh, just you know, have it in, keep it in mind that you just uh, maybe can try something like that. But if you don't want to, you know, ultimately it's up to you. Just uh, yeah. uh, gather whatever you you can use out of that. Yeah. If somebody Absolutely. says, "Okay, you are a great band, but I love Behemoth. You should play like Behemoth." So, yeah, well, say, well, you know, uh, Behemoth. That's a Berlin band, but we are somebody else. <laughs> so we'll play you <laughs> our music. But actually, somebody wrote on our clip that, uh, you know, the video uh, on YouTube had a comment that the vocalists sound like Nergal from Behemoth. <laughs> so I mean, there might be something happening there. Definitely <laughs> worse compliments to get in there. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Actually, when I learned to growl years ago, um, that that was one of the inspirations. So why not? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
He's a, a really good one. vocalist. So oh yeah, I don't I, want I remember to do uh, black metal, but yeah. Yeah, I I remember when when my band released our first track, we got like this one guy comment going, "Oh yeah, the vocalist should try like in future like oh, like recordings. It's like you should try something like this." And he like linked a band, and I, I gave it a listen. But the vocalist in that band was like so much better than me. Like to the point where I'm now like, yeah, yeah, you know, I appreciate like this guy thinks that he's thinking higher my ability here, but uh, yeah, no, that's not gonna. <laughs> I like, I listen to it going, yeah, there's no chance in hell I'm gonna be able to do that. There are, there are things you want to do, and then there are things that you actually can do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I would, I also, you know, I listen to bands like, or I have listened to bands before, like. Asking Alexandria or uh, or the architects of the, uh, yeah, something like architects. this style, but uh, you could say, or I was thinking, I would love to be able to have a clean vocal like that, but I just yeah. can't. My voice just isn't cut out for that. So basically, you know, it's it's, but it's a good thing you can just realize where your four days are and what is probably better not to do. At least not yet. <laughs> oh yeah, so, oh yeah. yeah. Me, me and Brad have had that conversation lots of times because Brad's like, "Oh, so can you not sing?" I'm like, nah, "I cannot sing to save my 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 life." You yeah. Know, well, you do screaming like surely the same principles are in that. I'm like, "Yeah, there is." Can't sing though. I can sing at the campfire, but that's that's the limit. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine. I can just like about sort of manage maybe like a lower sort of like frequency singing but not near as like as like well not really passable for me to be like comfortable to record it yeah like yeah it's, that's I, exactly what i think yeah i will do it you know at uh, like a band practice i would mess around but uh if somebody in the band told me okay well you should sing like you should put a clean vocal here and there i was just like no no not now it takes years yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a separate separate art form altogether. Um, I want to get into obviously we talked about your music, but on Headbangers we love to like get into what people do in their spare time, like you know what their hobbies and interests are. So when you're not uh, tearing up the the microphone, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing for fun? Yeah, well, I have a dog that takes up a lot of time. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's brilliant. He's just. Uh the most intelligent animal I ever met, but uh, out of other pastimes, you know, I like sport to a certain extent. So, you know, I used to play a lot, but uh, uh, recently I got older and lazier. So uh, I like anything that has something to do with skating or skiing. So uh, that's one thing I, I would go in ice skating my girlfriend likes it too, so that's a good, like a quality couple time, let's say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, I used to play ice hockey, but uh, that was until I went to college and then not really. Sometimes some of the friends call me that they need a goalkeeper, so I just say, okay, well, five times I can I can do it for you for some like hobby matches, not nothing intense. And I like computer games as well. So <laughs> I, it actually gives you a lot of inspiration. <laughs> so, I'm going to say, yeah. yeah. What do you say is your so, favorite video game? Yeah, well, apart from NHL, obviously, because <laughs> I am I was uh, like raised with Isaac in my family. So uh, apart from that, 
recently we started playing Cyberpunk 2077 and all-time favorite is any Fallout game uh, for me. So since Fallout 1, I actually played all of them. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think to Cyberpunk? Because me and Nathan have very different opinions about the game. I mean, I think it's really good. I think it got a lot of shit, but if you play it on the right thing, I think it's got quite a good story. Nathan just thought it was mm-hmm. trash. <laughs> I, As I, said, I, I won't say I thought play. it was trash. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say I thought it was trash. I thought I saw like a lot of potential there, but I just feel like it just didn't get there. Like you know, like oh, yeah, it could have done. Might like, still do. <laughs> yeah, it might. It might still do. I, yeah, I just feel like it, the it. bun could have been in the oven for a little bit longer on that one. Um, well, I believe you know if you think about the producer, uh, I think Witcher Three was exactly the same. Just when it was released, everybody was speaking about bugs and. There are numerous videos of like glitches in the game and problems and so on. And I believe this journey will be the same, really. <laughs> yeah. And now Witcher but, 3 uh, is like the most popular game of like the, the last decade. So I think it's still got a chance for a redemption arc. You never know. Yeah. Actually, when I started the game, I like within the 15, first 15 minutes, there was like a glitch that made the game unplayable because I could see all the vegetation through everything. Nice. So I couldn't see anything basically. So I had to you know, go back and download all the latest drivers and so on. So it fixed it quite quickly. But as I said, I just started playing. So I played like five hours of the game. So I can't really speak to the yeah. story or something. But so far, so good. Uh, I liked the customization where you can just, you know, Choose the genitals for a girl. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very in depth. I mean, like I see cyberpunk is kind of like a, it's kind of like a toxic relationship. Like she treats you like shit, but you know you still keep coming back for more because there's something there. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love the game. I think it's I think it's amazing. But yeah. I mean, yeah. it definitely needs fixing. That's for sure. But still, yeah. great story, great gameplay. Love it. I, I do like a story, and um, basically out of like the non. Uh, mainstream games or non AAA games are basically now is the same still. But um, Life is Strange was something when when it came out that, that blew my mind and yes, yeah. just like something I would write a song about probably. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I so, just played that yeah. recently with my girlfriend. Really, really yeah. good. I can't believe I slept on it for so long. Like wow, yeah. I've been addicted to uh, to No Man's Sky last couple months. That's been yeah, really okay. I, I was planning on doing it, but you know, you don't have that much time as an adult. <laughs> if I were if I were 18 again, I would just you know I would sit in my den and play games. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mainly work from home most most of the time. So like as soon as the clock hits like half five, I'm like, okay, well, I log out and then I'm like straight on my PS4, um yeah. playing it like No Man's Sky. And it's like, ah, oh, this is this is it just it, it became like an obsession so quickly. Because there's so yeah. much you can I you can actually that. do. Like me and my mate, we've got a nice little base on there. You know, we we we'll jump on almost every night, play it for a little bit. It's been really fun, actually. Talk we talk about death metal records and then <laughs> whilst playing No Man's Sky, it's great. That's that's fine. Uh, I I also work from home, but um, you know I work like whatever we are doing now. So watching the screen all day. So that after that you just don't want to watch the screen some more. So uh, most days like uh, walking the dog and so on, and then you have like two hours before bed. So you just 
either watch some Netflix show or play some game. Now we are playing with my girlfriend. We are playing a way out on our PS4. So oh, that is the best game to play with a couple of like you know friends. Yeah. I absolutely love that game. And you've got to like climb up the the tower and stuff like yeah. together. It's sick. I love it. I like the the part where you are uh, running away from the hospital. It's just like yeah, one place at a time, and but you just have to like you look how uh, I was just so interested on when they actually meet and uh, the end where where will be the screen again like complete this together so yeah yeah it's great uh, there are too many good games and too little time yeah oh yeah, yeah very true oh, yeah there's so many there's so many really good ones coming out to be fair soon i mean like trying to find I a ps5 a just so i can play a few with, yeah i had a little bit of an opposition with buying games on steam a few years ago so now i'm uh, not buying anymore, just when something really brilliant comes out, like Cyberpunk. But uh, yeah, my uh, my Steam account now has like seventeen hundred games. Wow! <laughs> which you know I got from different humble bundles and all over the place for like, like discounts and so on. But uh, that was like six or seven years ago when I had nothing to do, and I found a band to join. So <laughs> no how many? Games. How many, how many of those 1,700 games have you actually played? And how many have you just yeah, left and not played? That would be like much lower number. <laughs> Say upwards 100 maybe. I would just, not not that much. I tried, actually, I sometimes I said, okay, well, I will just make a list and then go like one by one, try every one of the games for at least five or 10 minutes, see if I like it and like sort them. Eh? Then I counted numbers, right? 1,700 times five. That's a lot of minutes. <laughs> yeah, <you're brief>. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I've tried to do the same thing with, like, my PlayStation, because you get, like, PlayStation Plus games that I keep getting added on yeah, there, and then I'll the buy one. And then I'll, like, like I said, I made a list as well. I was like, right, I'm going to go through them all. I'm going to play them. I'm going to stop buying new games. And then you get down to, like, ah, oh, actually, I don't feel like playing this game. So then you just yeah, end up playing right. the ones that you want to play. Yeah, I I bought Assassin's Creed Origin, I bought Odyssey, and when Valhalla came out, I was just say, saying, I can't buy that. I, I haven't played Origins yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I I've been like a diehard Assassin's Creed Creed fan since like I was a kid. Like I start, I got it when yeah. the first one came out. Played all of them from there, and I'll say this: Origins is pretty alright compared to like the other ones. Like. But Odyssey is like I. It's like I. I give. I gave that one a miss. Valhalla's okay, but like I think yeah. like my favorite ones are definitely like Assassin's Creed Two, um, and weirdly enough Unity because it got a lot of shit when it came out. But it was I think that's one of the best uh, Assassin's Creeds if I'm honest. I think Assassin's Creed One is the only game in my life that I rage quit. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was the very last mission and. There were these two archers on the sides, which I couldn't, for the name of God, I couldn't find out how to kill them both. And so <laughs> I failed this mission like 20 or 30 times a day. I just say, I will never play this game again. <laughs> I, I, I watched the ending <laughs> on, on YouTube. And I was like, okay, well, I will count it as, I, as a finished game. And that's enough for me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. See, I did but, that with... Uh, uh... I, I did that with, you know, Star Wars The Fallen Order. 
like yeah. I tried the final boss so many times to the point where I was like just white knuckling my controller and I was just like you know what fuck it I'm watching the ending on YouTube so I watched the ending on YouTube <laughs> I was like well I got up to that point you know I can still say completed that game I'm not going to platinum it or anything like that oh. But I was like, I'm not fucking. You, know, you had the experience in the end of YouTube. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was just like I was like, I was like, honestly, if I if I keep getting this stressed out, like I can already feel like something building where I'm just like, you know, this is gonna come bite me in the ass when I'm like forty or something. It's like, it's <laughs> awesome. So I'm just on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I've raised okay, it for a lot no. less, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we're sort of coming to the end point of the interview now. Um, one thing that we like to end on is what advice would you give to your younger self and what advice would you give to a new musician starting out? Don't fucking procrastinate. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> uh, it's a hard uh, one. That's, that's like for, for me, myself, for my younger self, I... I've, I've been having problems with this all my life and I will for the rest of my life. I know that, but um, that's one. And if you want to do anything, just fucking do it. That's, that's uh, don't, and you know, we could come back to the latest album because it's in one song too. Don't think what others might think. That's just the biggest bullshit you can pull on yourself. So yeah. If you just if you want to be a screaming singer of uh, I don't know a hip hop project, why not? You know, that's you know whatever you want to do. Just you know if it doesn't hurt people, that's all right. You just do it. Yeah, that's, man. That's good advice. I mean, that you speak in my language with the procrastinating one. That's something I faced as well. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get set in doing something. I'll go on YouTube. Oh, top ten mysteries under the sea. I'm like, fuck it, go on then. Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad thing, but you know, I think it affects a lot of people. But I think, yeah, just just saying, just do it. Like, I think you have like a a five second thought in your head when you can, you got a chance to sort of talk yourself out of the situation. And I think you just need to ignore that voice and just do it. So, yeah, yeah solid advice. Man. My my drummer gave me an advice, and he said, like, if you don't want to do something, just tell yourself to do it for three minutes, and you might actually end up finishing that thing <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my that might be the first step i try to do it sometimes but i you know rarely remember that <laughs> just like there is always something and i think also i'm a little bit adhd so you know i'm distracted all the time uh when i'm you know doing my chores at home it's just like i want to do it and i'm set on doing it but the way i do it in is just like Somebody watching me would probably shoot a sitcom about it. It just <laughs> doesn't work well. I, I'm I'm the same. Yeah. If I know I've got something to do, I'll do everything else and then do that, that yeah. thing. It's like, okay, but what else can I do in the meantime? It's like, oh, yeah, I've got yeah. this, that, and the I'll just do all that. And then the one important thing about, yeah, I need to do that now. <laughs> what else is there to do? Sometimes, you know, I just think about how to do it. And then that just somehow convinces my brain that it's done. <laughs> so <laughs> then, I, then the next day I say, "Oh, I forgot to do that." <laughs> uh, so uh, that's just uh, you know, it's a struggle. But it's you know, a struggle against myself. So I should probably do something about it. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, my girlfriend hates it. I <laughs> and I completely understand her. It's just I hate it as well. But only in hide, hindsight, you know, at the precise moment, you always want to do something different. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it yeah. feels okay. <laughs> I I get it all the time. Oh, Nif, did you do that? And I'm like. No, no, but I'll do it right now. <laughs> I thought about doing it. Yeah, it's like I think it popped in there once. <laughs> or I, I was just going to. Uh, yeah, it's like I was literally just going my way there. there. Yeah. It's like it's a worse one. It's like if if you get sent to the shop to get something, you cut, you come back with like fifty things, except the thing that you got yeah. sent out for. Oh, that happens so, so many times to me. You get that? It's like I'm gonna go back out. <laughs> yeah. Just today, I was like standing in the kitchen. I was thinking, yeah, what, what did I fucking want? <laughs> Just like I went there, like straight there from 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 this room. I was thinking, okay, I believe I wanted to do myself like a cup of coffee, and it was like standing there staring at the coffee maker, like what the hell did I want? Man. What the fucking hell did you want? There's a coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, I, I get like fucking in, intruding thoughts. Like I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll walk into somewhere. I'll have like a set idea. This is what I'm going to do right now. And then I'll get like another intruding thought. Saying, oh, no, what this? And then like another one. And it's just like this build up. And then by the time I end up doing something, it's just the, the complete opposite to what I set out to do. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Coming home from work or from anywhere, like just like when I come home, I will wash the dishes. So, you know, the girlfriend is happy. Yeah, and then two hours later, after finishing a few missions in your game, he was like, "Oh, I wanted to do that. Now it's twenty minutes. So he comes. Let's speed run that." So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. see, right, man. And that's yeah. the that's the better option, of course. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, like I said, your album oh. is amazing. I think a lot of people should listen to it, and I think they'll resonate with the lyrical content, um, and also just how good the musicianship is. You really blended the the technicality, but made it fun to listen to no offense to people that like tech def you know and make it go a bit too extreme i mean i like that as well but i think it's nice that you brought it back you gave it room to breathe um i really yeah. hope that i'll catch Thank you guys you on the much. road if you're ever going to come to a uk tour that'd be amazing so we'll be there yeah well i don't doubt that i will come there sometime but i'm not sure about any gigs but you know anything can happen so we would be ecstatic to go there so who knows? Maybe something happens. Maybe you will do your festival. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. De- well, de- we'll definitely, man. And like one one venue that we can recommend if you ever do do come here, uh, Boom. That's in Leeds. It's an old DIY punk venue. Yeah. They've like Napalm Death play, have played there. It's a great venue. Great people that work there. So that that's one venue we can always recommend. Yeah, well, easy to remember, eh? <laughs> yeah, as well. Boom. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great one. I always it's every good. band that comes through, I always recommend it to them. Um, just because of, like I I love the venue. I love like everyone that works there is really nice. Um, and it's also the, the sound guy. A also knows what he's doing. But it's just a yeah, great place. Right. Yeah, like, it's important. It's just, yeah. it's just a great place. Um, so yeah, that's one place I can rec- recommend. But yeah, it's been it's been great having you on. Um, I've really enjoyed the interview. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. I was so happy to to do this. It was first time in my life, actually. So yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, with that. It was really fun. Real pleasure, and uh, um, I hope I'm I'm not seeing you the last time. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely I, I hope one day you're in in the in the UK and and we can have a beer or something. Yeah, we'll be in front yeah, of. Why not? Uh, we'll keep that in mind, of course. Yeah. 
have a nice evening. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, no problem. It's always, a pleasure. Thank you. It's okay.